Hey guys, it's uh, Chris from um, Chaos Movies. Doing another podcast again. It's been my third. I've been really wanting to talk about a movie called Extraction. So it's a, a big favourite of mine, given that the lead actor is uh, Chris Hemsworth. Homegrown talent. I'm on the east coast of uh, Australia, Queensland. And he's not far from me. Lives on the beach, enjoying life. So Extraction was um, made on 2020, released, R-rated by Netflix, and it was directed by Sam Hargrave. Now, Sam Hargrave, if you don't know, is um, a stuntman, huge stuntman. Oh, stuntman for tons of movies, The Accountant with Ben Affleck, Atomic Blonde, all the Hunger Games, he did all the coordinations for that. He was the double for Justin Timberlake in Runner Runner. I think that's also a Ben Affleck movie. Um, so he's definitely had his, he's got his props in, in stunt work. So why not dip your um, hand into a director, directorial debut as this movie for Extraction. So if you've watched the movie or you do watch the movie, you'll understand what I'm talking about. The writer... Well, writers, there's four of them, but the most notable is Joe Russo, the Russo Brothers, a.k.a. Mainly known for the directors of Avengers Endgame, Infinity, and Winter Soldier, MCU. Um, so, yeah, you know, you put those two together and you get yourself a powerful combo. Once you, once you throw yourself in the mix with the cast, Chris Hemsworth, uh, plays a character called Tyler Rake, which if you ever watch any action films or any films that seem to have some sort of sequel coming about, then they name him pretty well. Like, a, like you know, uh, what's his name? Tyler Rake in this movie and then in American Assassin or um, his name is John Rapp. And that was also a book that was written. So there's many versions of that that title. So, you know, and then you've got your James Bond and you've got those types of actors. So Tyler Rake has a real commercial feel to it. Like it can be, it can work, you know. So speaking of that, Sam Hargraves also acts in this movie as a mercenary as such. So he's in there, and then you've got uh, a talented girl, goes by the character's name of Nick. Her name is, it's a hard one to pronounce, but I'll go for it anyway. It's uh, Gold Sheath Faharani. She's been in movies, um, she's acted alongside of Leonardo DiCaprio in a movie called, a CIA movie called Body of Lies. She plays a nurse. So she's, you know, she's been, she's been around a little bit, but... One of the, the real cool actors that stand out in this movie is a guy called Randeep Hoda, or Hoda. He plays the character of Sanju, who I'll explain later what his part is. But it's just it's an exciting movie. Action to the max. <clears throat> um, so let's get into it. This movie took place filming locations in India and Bangladesh. So it's basically the plot is... Uh, Two rival drug lords, one is in Bangladesh, one is in India, one is in prison, but he has a son, 
There's spoiler alerts here, people. <clears throat> if you're listening, you want to watch it, listen to what I have to say, listen to my rant. If you want to watch it, go for it. If you already know about it, just jump in and have a listen. See if we uh, nail some shit together. So you've got the two drug lords, either side, very powerful, and one of them's got a kid. He's in prison, so what happens? Every movie. Let's attack the family of the opposite side. So they obviously kidnap this kid, ransom, so it may seem. And of course, <clears throat> who do you bring in? You bring in a specialist team. They don't really go into much detail of how they do it, but the movie opens with Chris Hemsworth, the man, just putting, he's just putting down his best work this year. I must say, as I said, I'm Australian, I'm a huge fan. I've seen him come from a long way, and the older he gets, the better he gets. I mean, he plays his Thor. He plays his, um, uh, he's doing a couple of movies this year, uh, biopic. Uh, he'll be playing um, Hulk Hogan, which I can see that happening. I'm interested to see how it happens, but, you know, he's going to put in the effort because that's what he does. You know, he's the man. So in this movie, he's clearly the mercenary with a broken heart, standard theory. Obviously, it's got this, something to do with family in the past. Like, you know, obviously lost someone. They give you a few flashbacks. They don't want to dive too much into it, even though we want to see some story, right? You want to see some strong narrative that's going to keep you into it but it doesn't take long for you to figure out that he likes a bit of money and he wants to kill people because he's bitter so once he gets enticed <clears throat> by nick who's obviously the project leader and uh they get called in by the second in command uh who's played by sanju uh, to rescue the kid, but he doesn't have the money, right, because his drug lord boss is in jail, so he's going to set this whole bullshit charade up to get the best and the best to come in and take care of business, and all in all, it's going to fail. He's going to get a hold of the kid. That's Tyler. He's going to get a hold of that kid, and of course, when they're ready for extraction, the money's not there. They find out it's all a sham, and of course, who comes in for the rescue? Sanju, played by Randeep, and that's it. Start taking out control. So that's where it gets really exciting for me is that it just gets straight into the action. It's grimy, it's dirty, sweaty. They're in foreign country. Chris Hemsworth is, is doing his thing. Australian accent, mind you, which is really cool because obviously most things these days we see are American. So... Getting to see Chris act in his, his native tongue is, is pretty cool because it just gives him a different look, you know, a different feel when he's when he's talking. So obviously when he's rescuing the kid and, and they have to make it past the river and that's an extraction point, well, that's where it turns in, in sharp. So basically proof of life is a standard thing that happens in extractions. You've got to be able to provide that you've got proof of life and you're ready to go and that's when they don't get their money. That's when they find out that they their boys just start getting picked off one by one. And um, that's where Sam Hardgraves, the director, the man behind this movie, um, shows his face. And, I mean, I'm skipping ahead of myself here, but he gets popped. They get popped hard and it's like out. It's like done. But what led me down that rabbit hole after I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to do some YouTube, you know, rabbit holing. 
went on the YouTube and watched some sequences and some of the best sequences I saw was when um, Chris Hemsworth comes into the, the dirty ass building full of fucking millions of people, you know, standard John Wick style. Um, and he's got to take out, well, he's got to come in and he, you know, he gets laughed at. They sort of look at him and go, look at this wanker and what's he going to do? They want money. He wants proof, all this kind of stuff. And this is where it gets really interesting. This is where you see Sam Hargrave's work come to show. And and if you watch some John Wick movies, I'm a huge Wiki fan. I love all that stuff. And to be honest, in this movie, they take it to, to the level, you know. Hemsworth just fucks people up hardcore. And when you watch these YouTube clips, you get to break down each fight sequence. There's actually one there where you get to see Hargraves narrating the, the scenes and you get to show you how it's done. And it's so fast and so realistic. There's, there's one scene where Hemsworth turns a, a dude behind, kicks him in the back, and as he gets thrown towards his brick wall, his face connects with the brick and he just gets, you know, and when you look at it, it's a rubber body on a cable. When he kicks it, his feet is literally half a foot behind the body, so it just looks like he's slamming it. And <laughs> in real action time, this is sexier shit. It's, it's the best stuff ever, but when you slow it down, it's even sexier because you just see the level of sophistication that goes into it. And they did the same thing with John Wick, same thing with The Accountant. A lot of those movies, they've all got that high-end deal. But when you speed them up and you watch the fight scenes one by one, Hemsworth puts in the effort he looks like he's doing it it's the real deal it's solid it's grimy it's great it's it's just awesome so that was a real exciting you know and then even this one kid after he kills everyone he fucks them all up cuts them up does whatever rake to the head bullets to the back can to the throat rips out their stuff it's just all good there's this one kid that comes out with a gun who easily could have blown his head off i'm sure it was a car 98 PUBG special goes to pull the trigger and it's jammed. Tyler just grabs a gun and just goes, "Get out!" <laughs> like there's some compassion. You just killed like I don't know six, seven people, maybe nine, and you give this one little kid who could have annihilated you compassion and let him go. So, you know that was the the first scene there, and um, so back to where. He finally gets the kid, gets him into the car, and then they try to make it to the boat. And as I said, this this movie, is, it, it's really, really down to earth because you've just got these characters in Hemsworth, Fahani, Hargreaves, Rundeep, and Dennis Hopper, who everyone knows from, well, I know him from plenty of other movies, but everyone knows him from Stranger Things. Um... That's it. There's there's heaps of other characters, but for us and for the big worlds of the of the acting industry, there's not a massive amount to deal with here and it's just really good to see them in a, a foreign country that has strict, strict gun laws at the time, putting down their best work. So it's a really it's a really good dynamic to work with because from what I hear, the crowds stood around for fifteen, twenty hours on set just waiting to catch a glimpse of the Aussie man, the beast, and doing his finest work. So, you know what? We need more movies like this with small narratives, 
standard plot lines and a budget that can stretch enough to get us in different countries so we can order to use their people, their 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 cosmetics, their expertise, whatever in that country at the time to suit the to suit the movie, which is great. So that's what we had with this this movie. Certainly um certainly gave a taste of that. So once um once we realized that Sanju, who works for the kidnapped kid's father, because he's embarrassed that he can't get the kid back on his own. Uh, his name is Orvi, O-V-I. He is the son of the drug lord in prison. Sanju realizes he can't get him back on his own, so he enlists the service of the mercenaries to, <clears throat> to help him out. So once we, once we establish that and that Sanju is, is taking out all his boys and he realizes that he's got no legs to stand on when they reaches the boat, and of course the the heavy artillery of the I guess you could say the Bangladesh or the Indian army come in, which is from the control of the bad dude on the opposite side who did the kidnapping. He has to resort back to the car and put um, Ovi into the car, Hemsworth protecting him and. Sanju hot on their tail with some epic weapons, by the way. I will get to that because I've got a little, a little, a little thing to mention here. I don't know if you guys know about it, but before we get to that, there's a there's a scene where they do a full car chase, and I've noticed scenes like this or takes like this happening quite uh, frequently in some movies. Um, First one I noticed was the the boxing take in a movie called Creed with um, Michael B. Jordan and obviously Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, where they they sort of set up a camera in a position of of one take. So it's just a whole boxing scene. The camera doesn't blink, doesn't do anything, and they just basically fight. And it, it, it puts you in the scene, like you're there, and there's no blink, there's no take, there's no cut. It's just one continuous scene. Hard to do, especially when you're engaging other extras or actors in, in the meantime. So, you know, they do that in this movie. But what I realize is that after doing some research that Sam Hargraves, being the director, has filmed this scene and it's 11 minutes and 20-odd seconds or whatever it is long. One continuous scene um, shot from one camera angle at 36 different times. So what they've done is they, they, they took certain scenes, filmed them continuously over numerous amount of times in order to get one clean scene 11 minutes long. So it's just, it's great. Like, a, you know, they're chasing cars, they're going through dirty streets and turning right, turning left, and there's cops there and there's cops there. And then they ram that car and that car flips on its roof and next thing you know the camera turns to the left and there's a there's another car there and they take that one out and there's one you know it's just a it's a continuous roll it's amazing the technology we have these days the capabilities of the crew and the cast and everything that you can just just lay out a massive 11 minute scene like that is is epic but as i said what goes hand in hand with that is obviously the acting from both sides so yeah more props to them but one thing I want to touch on and 
lot of action movies, it's pretty straight cut, right? You got your you got your setup of, you know, in this case, two bad dudes, boy gets kidnapped, mercenaries come in, save the day. Normally, when you you touch on character development, and you know you get to learn a little bit about Hemsworth's character being a broken soldier of war, you know, mercenary drink your soul away type thing, search for some sort of peace. And, and um, normally you learn about the other side of it too. With Ovi, they don't give you much. They just know that he's a kid that looks like he's got a kind heart because you can tell he's with his mates at the start of the movie. And when they get kidnapped, you're thinking the kid's kind of pure. It's not his world. It's his dad's world, but he's just tied up in it. That's just how it works. They don't give you much reason for Hemsworth character to want to connect with this kid except for the fact that he's a job, he doesn't get paid, so he's going to do it just because he's fucking mad and he's getting shot at. So it's like, okay. So he does develop a bit of rapport with this kid and probably the fact that he lives in squalor Probably a dirty. It's a dirty area. He doesn't live it. Sorry, he's 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 fleeing into it, and he's just thinking, you know, I've just got to get this kid out. And then it turns into a more of a moral battle as well that this kid deserves better, and and that's it. So that to me sort of just needed a little bit more. I guess you could say it would be nice. But either way, I just it was probably the biggest movie of twenty twenty, if I heard correctly or or looked up that. Extraction was hands down the biggest action movie to hit Netflix in 2020. And it, it surprised everyone, I think, because of the the fact that it was just Hemsworth headlining and the rest, Dennis Hopper was the only other big namer. There wasn't wasn't a massive amount. So so that's really good. So that 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 should that should that should be enough just to get you in. So once they do all that. And, you know, they shot the shit, John Wick style, bleeding everywhere. They get out, they go through the building, various doors, various dudes, various cut scenes, various fight scenes, you know, a lot of of central access gun style, which I think they might have got from the John Wick movies because central access fighting style normally means you you use the gun as your fists. Um, So you shoot, 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 punch with the gun and then, reload and then you do various other styles with it so there's a lot of that going and especially when they're running through that project building and they find their way out there was one scene where he literally threw him across the roof through Ovi across the roof and the camera follows sort of Bourne style like Jason Bourne style where they hook a camera to a cable and when they run and jump across a building the camera is in tow makes it look it just gives it a really good feel thoroughly enjoyed that part so, of course, this is what brings us to the second act, I guess you could say. So first act being the crazy intense um, fight scenes, the fleeing, the whatever, and then car scene. And then this one, the second act, where they bring you, they calm you down. This is where they try to show you a bit of character development between the two. And they get into a little battle with some slum kids and um, uh, that sort of gives you another understanding of Hemsworth doesn't really want to hurt kids. His character has a bit of a thing for kids. So obviously that gives you a little bit more 
um, depth to understanding his character that obviously he had a kid in his, in his life that he might miss. So when he comes up against these kids who want to hurt him, he doesn't kill them. He just sort of <laughs> slaps the shit out of them and moves on. But um, that's when you get that backing off, the, the relaxation of the second act where you can have a breather and go, right, okay, well, that was a lot. First scene, whew. The fact that they survived that, it's crazy. Okay, this is time to rebuild, you know. This is time to, to reflect and go, what are we going to do? And, of course, this is where he runs into the whole let's ring up Gaspar, played by um, Dennis Hopper, which I always have that theory. I've mentioned it in one of my other casts before that you have this theory that when they put a named actor in, they see the two things that can happen. He's either bad or he's good. That's just it, plain and simple. So he's either bad, in other words, in my eyes, could mean many things, either it's bad for the movie, which means he's going to die, or he's good and pivotal to the end of the movie. But in this case, when Hopper comes in, I'm like, it just doesn't look right, you know? Like, doesn't doesn't this doesn't feel, doesn't gel with me. But anyway, you watch it anyway, because... He says he owes me his life. So he's, they're selling it to you. They're selling it to you. So like saying, give Gaspar a call. He owes me his life. He needs to hide me so we can get through this. Obviously, he's been told by Nick, his boss, basically, that it's not a good idea. But So there's your red flag, right? She's saying it's not a good idea. But he's like, hey, he owes me his life. So it is a good idea. So let's just do it because I'm done arguing with you. Just do it. And that's it. So you, you already get the feeling. So this is where they develop the character with the kid and the, the relationship between both of them when Hemsworth showers, so he's all clean, so he's washed all that shit off him. Obi's trying to sleep and they talk about their, their little issues and it's touchy-feely, whatever, it doesn't matter. And then Gaspar comes home and then he gets really drunk, like he's like he's feeling bad for something, right? Like he gets smashed. And normally when you... You're getting smashed. You're probably doing it because something's not right. And that's when you find out that he basically sold him up, basically gave away his um, position to the bad dude. So, you know, standard stuff, standard stuff with action movies and, and this kind of thing. There's always someone who's searching for that money that, you know, I'm going to get mine type thing. Just because you saved my life doesn't mean I'm not going to be greedy. So that's it. But look, the one thing I wanted to mentioned earlier this is this is really important for me i suppose if anyone does movies and loves movies and uses platforms internet movie database is my favorite right okay anyone can add anything i guess of knowledge to it that's fine but as far as weaponry goes there actually is a a website called internet movie firearms database.org type that in and it will give you a blueprint to every weapon ever used in any movie you can think of. And that's why I like looking this up because in this movie, there's, there's, several, there's several weapons that get used that obviously I play PUBG and I've played some other various gun games and you don't really pay attention to them until you watch them get used and you think they really handle them really well. Obviously, there's a lot of handguns getting used, a lot of Glocks, a lot of Berettas, whatever. That doesn't interest me. It's a bit of fun, punch, shoot, punch, shoot type stuff. But 
the two guns that mainly get used in this movie, or three, but the, the first two is um, Sunju uses a gun. It's a submachine gun called a Heclecock MP5, right? Suppressor. They tell you everything. to sights, lasers, everything that's on there. Just the, the sound of that gun, it's pretty sexy. Now, that's his little signature gun in the movie, okay? But towards the end of the movie, um, they have a huge fight scene, Sunju and Tyler, and it is epic. I mean, we're talking about that that whole 11-minute scene where they're chasing each other, a continuous frame type thing, but this fight scene between the two, I mean, yeah, I get it. If you get punched in the face, I'm going down. If I get kicked in the face with a foot, I'll knock the fuck out, right? But in movies like this, whatever, it's action. You can get hit 20 times and still get up because you're a beast, right? The script says it. The script says you're a beast. It's how it's put together. Um, and obviously, Sam Hargraves uses his skills as a stunt coordinator to, to, to do that. And when they fight each other and they fall off the roof and they hit the ground and they fight, and it's just, it's authentic. It looks good to me. I love it. And there's people around, there's cars, and it's, it's pretty cool. But they, they use weapons after they get the shit kicked out of them. Sanju has to retreat somewhere because he's busted up, ribs are broken, you can tell, right? So he, he has time to heal. Hemsworth has time to heal. And then when they get back on the trail, this is where they develop a communication between the two of them, right? Because they both want the same thing. They want the kids safe. Obviously, Tyler gets to a point where he's like, okay, this is my objective. Fuck everything else. Fuck money. I need to get this kid safe because he deserves better. Sanju has obviously come to terms. He's like, yeah, I want the same thing. I'm sorry I screwed you over, blah, blah. Let's put our differences aside. We obviously can't kill each other because we've already tried on the street, but that didn't work. So this is where they make a make a a bolt to the bridge, the final scene, like the third act, that one scene where it's just like, it's just there, you can touch it, just right over there, it's a bridge, all you got to do is get over the other side, don't worry about all the other shit that comes with it, or what's bearing down on top of you, so that's it, and that's where Sanju takes Obi towards the bridge, and Tyler creates a bit of a scene, and that's where the gun comes out, I mean, I've seen some guns, I've tried to look into it, but it's called a it's just called a Daniel Defense M4A. It's a 556 gun with a double mag setup, similar to John Wick, right? The mags are taped together. So you can just flip them out for easy thing. But just the sounds of the gun, I mean, from what I understand, there was a huge um uh stoppage on real life weapons in this movie during filming because of the strict rules in India and Bangladesh, no real guns were meant to be used in certain parts, depending on where they were. So they used rubber guns and then audioed in the the shots post filming just to make it real. But when Hemsworth is using the Daniel defense gun at the end with this long ass suppressor, it's I mean it looks like a sniper to me, but he's using it like crazy trigger trigger action, like it's a like a double trigger almost. But he, he creates some havoc and grenade launches and just sexy action shit. I mean, it really gets me going. So that's it. You know, that, that part just just goes and goes and goes. And then, of course, they get to the bridge and 
you know, the last man standing type stuff, the hero protecting the kid, getting shot in the leg. Oh, I'm down, but I can keep going, you know, that kind of stuff. And then helicopters rock up. And then, of course, the second in command bad guy, um, he is a colonel of the army and he's constantly been abused by his little drug lord payroll boss who's just like telling him do this or you're going to be out of a job type bullshit you know typical bad guy stuff he's always got someone on the books right and this one happens to be a an army commander not a not a cop i mean army commander i think they'd have more morals than that but he comes out and I, I i wish i wrote down the gun that he has but either way it's not a very impressive sniper rifle that he uses and he takes out sanju a couple of times and um that's when you've got the good versus evil on the bridge and the guys are in the middle. So on the good side of the bridge, you've got um, Nick Hemsworth's boss and she's watching all her dudes get taken out. Meanwhile, there's a helicopter hovering around. She pulls out this uh, scar, a scar L, and it's loaded. It's got the sight, it's got the laser, it's got the extended mag, full suppressor, tripod, all this stuff. And she creeps underneath this uh, truck at the end and she's trying to see the muzzle flash from the commander on the other end, which, believe it or not, muzzle flash as well. I suppose if you're shooting that type of rifle with a suppressor, you wouldn't get a muzzle flash. Anyway, so she lines him up. Now, I don't know if you know, but SCAR, uh, the acronym for SCAR is a Special Forces Combat Assault Rifle. Right. And then there's the SLR, which is one of my favorite guns, which is a self-loading uh, rifle. So she uses that, and she pops a fucking bullet straight through the center of his, um, of his noggin. That's it. It's game over. <clears throat> but um, Hemsworth gets fucked up, usual stuff. Sanju's dead. Obi gets saved by Nick. Tyler gets a bullet to the neck by the little punk slum kid that they were setting up for the entire movie. You, you could see it coming. Try not to go on too much about it, but you can see you can see it coming. They were setting it up for this one kid who's just dying to be the next leader of the bad group. You know, he's doing everything. Friggin' he had the height, he had the size, the, the, he cut his finger off, he was remorseful or he was disappointed when he let him go the first time when they met in the sewers. He was really upset, so you can tell he's just been groomed for a possible future attendance. Let's see how that plays out. But, you know, obviously, as I said at the start, there's spoiler alerts, and Tyler gets busted the fuck up and falls off the bridge, and there was a quote earlier on in the movie about um, uh, drowning in the water. I can't remember the quote and who it was by, but sort of was a taste test of what's to come and to be honest i love my sequels some of them are worse than others but just keep them going we're getting it's getting really hard to come up with new ideas these days so if they want to make another sequel to hemsworth's movie extraction which i already know they are and he's heavily involved and a couple other people don't know the storyline of the plot or whatever but he is 100% involved and they give you a bit of a taste test at the end of this movie when you see him in the foreground after Obi dives off a diving board and lands on the bottom of the water 
like Hemsworth did at the start of this movie. Um, so it sort of gives you a bit of a warm feeling that they're going to make another one. But I did hear maybe two, two more. I mean, if, if the story holds up, I'll watch them. Uh, mate, I'm going to rant about it or I'm going to rave about it, whatever. I don't care. I just love to see movies that aren't box office, bl- like blockbusters, getting done on Netflix in a country that necessarily has conflict and by only a handful of actors that are huge, huge, big-time actors that have basically just given everything they can to be in this movie and pulled it off in my eyes. So, you know, I'm not one for giving movies ratings, but I'd definitely give it an A. That's the easiest easiest mark to give. So um, pay attention to the kicker at the at the end when in the bathroom scene. It's a beautiful, beautifully shot scene. Sexy, sexy Nick does her thing and takes care of the, the crime boss. So let's just see if that young kid who was getting groomed to be the next boss is going to step up in the next extraction two, coming in 2021, I believe. So that's it. I've ranted. I'm over it. If you're there and listened, I'm glad you could join me. This is uh, Chris from Chaos Movies, and um, I'll see you on the next podcast.